Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Stoop Radio Show, coming at you live right here on Blog Talk Radio from beautiful downtown Langhorne, Pennsylvania. That's right, Stoop Radio Show voted number one radio show in all of Langhorne by me. That's enough, right? That's enough. Jeff the Shark Perini here with you on another TGIM, thank God it's Monday episode of the Stoop. Going solo tonight. Our lovely co-hostess with the most is Miss Jewel. Tatey is laid up sick this evening. Jewel's got a lot going on. Some moves, some shakes. So we will give her a uh, pass this evening. And hope she gets better soon. Hope she gets better for Wednesday night's show. We will welcome her back with open arms. We always do. It's just the lovely atmosphere that is the Stoop Radio Show. So anyway, for those of you who are turning in, once again, Jeff the Shark Perini, another great episode is on tap for you tonight. We go hometown. That's right. We've got a very special guest from our beautiful city itself, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Multi-talented actress, writer, uh, life coach, dating expert, the gorgeous Brooke Lewis. That's right. Brooke Lewis is going to join us tonight. Very excited to have her on. Uh, she'll be a lot of fun. She seems like a lot of fun. Her stuff is great. She's a, just a wonderful person, and we can't wait to have her on. It's going to be coming up around 8. 30, so stay tuned to that. We're going to announce uh, a couple of new shows we got coming up. All kind of great stuff coming up to you tonight on The Stoop. And let's start out with a big hats off to the weekend. Now, I am 110% Italian. That will never be disputed, and nobody's ever taken that away from me. But this weekend, I was uh, Irish as could be, folks. Saturday, St. Patrick's Day, just an awesome time out with great friends just really <laughs> letting it all hang out. Um, I don't really remember the beer count. As you all know, if you're regulars to the show, I'm a big beer enthusiast. I made sure I got my fill Saturday. We were at the uh, Fireside Smokehouse in uh, Trevos, PA. And if you're local to the area, check this place out sometime. The food is phenomenal. Um, as always, the beer is nice and cold. And that musical entertainment by the Kirko Brothers. That's right, Kevin and Scott Kirk doing their thing playing on stage. i got probably about five or six hours worth, and it's worth it. They're great. Um, great friends, the, the group from Woodland West. Thank you, of course, as always. My uh, beautiful wife, Cassie, was there. My dear friend, Amanda. Lots, lots of others. So we had a great time. Really rocked. It started about four in the afternoon, and I, I think I closed my life down around 12 midnight because that was about enough. But really, just an excellent time. And, you know, I'm not one of them people that really follows the history of St. Patty's Day, but slap me on with some green. Give me some beer. Give me some friends. Damn good time. That was Saturday. Uh, and last night, man, the very highly anticipated show that I have waited for since we had them here on the Stoop Radio Show, Femmes of Rock, was last night at the Excite Center at Parks Casino. And I got to tell you, I probably didn't sell it as much as I should have. All the hype that I gave it here on the show and the interview didn't even scratch the surface of how amazing this show really was. These girls dominated the stage. The band was fantastic. The lights, the effects, the, some some good humor and just incredible violin players. Uh, four ladies that get up and play classic rock with violins. In a band in the background, we had um, the founder, Nina DiGregorio, on our show. 
about a month back, maybe a little better than a month back, she talked about it, and really, it was everything we ever hoped for. So thank you to uh, Nina, the girls. Thank you, of course, to Michael, their manager, and also the drummer, uh, and also Nina Susan, uh Hooked us up with some tickets. We got to meet them briefly uh, after the show. I got a CD autographed by them. A nice picture of them, and that is a crowning moment for me. It was outstanding. Um, it's just so amazing to hear that violins. Like you think it's guitars. It sounds like guitars, but it's actually just these ladies, and they rock it out. There, there's not a weak link in the entire show. There's not a bad song that's chosen. You know all the songs. Uh, they mixed in some singing a little bit, even though they claim they're not singers. Quite contrary. I think they did an excellent job of singing, as well as violin playing. Outstanding. Look them up. Femsofrock.com, F-E-M-M-E-S of rock.com. Check out their stuff. Go to YouTube and check them out. Fems of Rock. Uh, if you're friends of mine on Facebook, I posted several live uh, videos last night from the show. Really just incredible. These are the kind of artists that deserve to be discovered. Like I said, they finally have a, a CD out. And it's just awesome. Just great, great stuff. I was in awe the entire evening. So I really treated myself to a fantastic weekend. Uh, I'm ready for a uh, a long, grueling week from what I hear. Apparently another snowstorm on the way. Another big banging nor'easter. They're talking heavy winds. They're talking six to nine inches of het. Does it het? Wet. Heavy snow. And it's going to be a disaster. We just got over the other one. Still got little snow mountains around my uh, my neighborhood. And now another one's on the way. So that should be very, very grueling and test my mettle. But that's okay, because this Saturday, folks, Atlantic City, New Jersey, the convention center, it's that time. The Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival this weekend. If you have never done it, there's still time. They run a Friday night session. I want to say I want to say 6 to 10, and then they do a 12 to 4 on Saturday, and then a 6 to 10 Saturday night. So there's three sessions. Tickets are roughly about $60 to get in, but they have uh, thousands of beers. They have hundreds of brewers come in from all over the world, thousands of beers, and musical guests. And I'm going Saturday at noon. Uh, last year, we, of course, were the drunken grown-ups with our uh, – I just love the name, and I love the shirt. With our kilts, this year we're going as the Dream Team. We have a fantastic shirt made up. Thank you to the amazing Steve Giordano, Steve the Joke Man. Giordano, Steve chimes in on our show regularly with jokes. He also does amazing printing work. He's making us up outstanding T-shirts for the Land Beer and Music Festival. Like I said, we're going this Saturday at noon. Beer, food, fun, games, you name it, and... The big part of the whole weekend that I'm really excited for, live music by the mighty, mighty Ballstones. That's right, folks, the Ballstones at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. They set up a giant stage right in the middle of this thing. They usually get um, some popular bands to play, and this year the, ba- uh, the Ballstones are playing our session all before this Saturday. Um, again, if you haven't been there, you're listening in, and you're like, what are we going to do this weekend? I will give it a shot. $60, you think, sounds like a lot, but you can, if you're a beer drinker, you will clobber that in about two hours worth of time to get a little four-ounce mugs, and they just pour, pour, pour. 
you know, walk around and you just have a blast. It's very well organized, not a lot of hassle and nonsense considering all the beer people were drinking. You'll see me and the and my gang, the dream team and our kilts. There's like eight of us here. And there's a good chance that all eight of us will be wearing the kilts and the Dream Team t-shirts. It is sure to be a blast. It's one of the greatest things you can do with yourself in a four-hour time sprint. And it's in Atlantic City. So afterwards, we'll, uh, after we load up, take a nice nap, hit the city, get some food. Probably won't gamble. Yeah, maybe. Who the hell knows? It's the weekend. That's the Saturday. Sunday uh, is National Recovery. After Beer and Music Festival Okay, so Top five list tonight We do a top five list Every time on the show It's a little something To get to know me My likes As well as Jules Likes and dislikes No Jules tonight So I'm going to be doing a solo But it is top five And Kind of an honor We like to uh, Gear the top five Towards our guests So tonight In honor of Brooke Lewis And her Previous time spent As a dating expert I'm going to give you (laughs) I don't know why I'm to you, but I'm going to give you my list anyway. Top five dating no-nos or top five things you should do when you're dating. It's a tough life now, especially with social media. Everybody just always seems to have access to people and single people want to date, but if you're going to date, some things you should and should not do. Now, I guess I'm more or less doing this on a guy's perspective. Um, so if you're listening in, you're a female and you're thinking, I don't do that. Well, you probably should. That's what the guys should and should not be doing. Uh, my wife's probably listening and thinking, he didn't do any of that. But I'm married. I'm not dating. So, ha, I get a pass. Top five list of dating no-nos or things you should do. And number five, dress nice. That's not a no-no. A no-no is don't dress like a slob. But a do thing. Dress nice. Dress up to go out. Uh, you know, nowadays, it's ripped up this and broken down that, looking like a slob. And there's no reason for that. If you're going out and about and you're courting a, a woman or a girl that you like, sure you like her that much, dress it up a little bit. Make it look good. Not enough dress up anymore. Everything's very dressed down. And I've always been a guy that enjoys dressing up. So number five, dress. Number four, do not. Do not dare. Do not bring them up. Do not mention. Do not talk about your ex. Nobody wants to hear about your ex. Guys and girls, nobody wants to hear about your ex. How wonderful they were, how horrible they were, whatever it is, it's not about them. Do not talk about your ex. That's why they're exes. That's why you're out dating. Because you've got a rotten ex out there somewhere. We all have them. We all have that one ex that we are glad is no longer in our lives. Number three, gentlemen, absolutely positively do not... Stag or share checks or make your woman pay or anything of that nature. Pay for her date. Pay for her drinks. Pay for the night. You have asked this woman out and she has accepted. And even if she asked you out, be a gentleman. Pay. Not the end of the world. Pay for your night out. Like I said, especially if you're courting this young lady and you asked her out and she is nice enough to oblige to go on this date. Don't be cheap. And don't make her drink water. Buy some cocktails, man. A martini, a glass of wine, some dinner. Do it up. Number two, talk about her or talk about him, whatever. Don't sit there and talk about yourself. You know about yourself. You're not dating yourself. You know all about yourself. You know what's going on. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You know where you've been. You know what you've seen. 
find out about the young lady in front of you and balance off the things about one another that you like and don't like. Pretty sensible, right? Sorry, ladies, I'm taking <laughs> all these great answers. Number one, this one's big. If you're going out on a date and the date gets good, make sure you know how to kiss. Kissing is one of the uh, true intimacies of life, and who doesn't enjoy it? We all enjoy it. Nothing beats a good kiss, or especially a first kiss. So this is your date thing. Make sure you know how to deliver at the end. Practice on, I don't know, your hand. Stuffed animal. I don't care how you learn how to kiss. Learn how to kiss. Nothing kills your chances of a repeat date. Quite like not knowing how to kiss. So that is my top five list. So dating do's, don'ts, dating, whatever you want to call it. Your key to dating from Jeff. I'm going to ask Brooke later on. She's probably going to tell me my list was terrible. But anyway, uh, make sure you dress it up nice. Number four, don't be talking about your ex. Number three, God forbid, don't be cheap. Make sure you pay for your date and nice night out. Number two, talk about them. Don't talk about yourself. Everyone know how to kiss. So I'll tell you what, if you do uh, five, four, three, and two, you're not going to know have to know how to kiss because you're going to get blown out of the water. It's just a little something. That, that's my input. That's what you need. You definitely need your dating advice from the Stoop Radio Show. Absolutely. So when you go on that great date and the girl says, that was wonderful. Where did you learn all that? I learned it from Jeff the Shark on the Stoop Radio program. He was only about four or five beers in at the time, so it's got to be right. <laughs> oh, uh, before I proceed, I almost forgot. I wanted to thank Wednesday night's guest. Yeah, last Wednesday Kind of a dream of mine. I was joined by the gorgeous Bobby Brown. Remember, Bobby is a video vixen, uh, warrants cherry pie. She was a cherry pie girl boy for <laughs> a long time. Still is. I mentioned her name. Everybody says, oh, cherry pie. That's how I remember. She was great. Really great stories. Lovely girl. Great interview. We really enjoyed ourselves. That was last Wednesday. I want to thank Bobby again for coming back, um, coming on the show. And, of course, she said she would be back. We always welcome our guests back because we really have not had a bad one yet. Everybody's been wonderful. We thank everybody that comes on the show. It really means a lot to us. So, And we hope to uh, top that off again tonight with Brooke Lewis. I'm pretty sure we will. Me and Brooke are going to talk about Philly and all her talents. All that great stuff. We're going to do a few topics real quickly, some things I want to talk about. And, of course, the top one is Uber. Yes, apparently Uber has halted its self-driving car project after a pedestrian was killed. Uh, a 49-year-old woman was struck by the car with no driver, one of the automated uh, self-driving vehicles, uh, and later passed away in the hospital. Now, for me... I know as a society, we've gotten a little bit lazier. A lot of things do themselves and, and help themselves, and people are getting a little bit lazier. But really, self-driving cars, to me, is maybe pushing it a little bit. Now, I know you talk about the drunk driving thing, and it can help with that, uh, and that's terrific. But to be sitting in a, in a car and be busy doing work or talking on the phone or something of that nature and not having to drive your car and pay attention to the road really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, this is like the epitome of how lazy we're getting as a society that you can't get in the car and drive yourself. It's pretty silly. And of course now the casualty. So Uber has, uh, has put this on, on hold. They are not uh, currently pursuing the self-driving car. 
like I said, there's a lot of danger that can come behind self-driving cars. I'm not even going to mention some of them. I think we could all use our imagination and know what can happen. Self-driving cars, hacks, and things like that. And it's kind of a scary thought. But, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to bring that up. We, we can kind of use our own mind and know future dangers of something like that. So the self-driving car had a big failure, a big setback. Like I said, things are going to happen. The people of Uber, I'm sure, are uh, a little nervous about the outcome of this. Uh, another retail outlet is in danger. That's right, folks. Claire's Boutique. Claire's Boutique, where all the young ladies go for their early stages of jewelry and earrings and all that great stuff. Well, apparently not so much anymore. Claire's Boutique uh, is uh, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which, of course, is a a structure to keep your uh, creditors off of your back. Uh, Basically, they're saying that they hope that this will keep them afloat. And they can continue to move on as a retail chain. Now, we had this talk the other day about Toys R Us, and I started getting conflicting stories after the show. Some people said Toys R Us are not closing up. Apparently, they are closing up, but we have a follow-up story to that in a moment that I'll talk about. But here's another one. Here's Claire's. Nice little store. Listen, it's a thing for the young girls growing up to get their first exposures to jewelry and etc. Harmless little store, not hurting anybody, doing its thing. And again, the fact that people just don't mall shop anymore is hurting it. It's hurting these retail outlets. Now, I know you talk about the fat cat and the man and making his money and all, but, you know, these stores have to survive. People start these outlets. They provide jobs. And if you're going to lose an entire mall, like I've heard the rumor that local area mall, Oxford Valley Mall, might be going under completely. It's an entire mall. And it's going to be bought up by Sesame Place and, you know, built into a bigger area for Sesame Place. Fine and dandy, but what about all these people that are mall employees? Where do they all go? So we wish good luck to Claire's Boutique. We hopefully find they find a way to stick it out and get back on track. You know, one of the unique type stores out there, kind of a one of a kind. So you really hope that they uh, find their way back. The Toys R Us store that we did talk about the other day, Toys R Us, apparently closing down stores. And I read an article earlier, I don't know how true this is, you know, you see things on the internet, uh, that KB Toys is actually considering making a big comeback and, you know, revamping their stores a little bit, but kind of uh, maybe picking up the reins with Toys R Us going under and becoming the big toy store. And of course, trying to save jobs for all these people that are going to be out of work. Um, was always a smaller version, but a more laid-back version of a Toy Story. You weren't um, overwhelmed by its giant size. And if Jewel was here, there'd be a joke in there somewhere, but <laughs> um, the KB was a little smaller. They didn't offer quite as much. You go in and, and kind of like a quick in-and-out kind of shop, kind of the uh, fast food of toy stores, if you will. But yeah, if they make a comeback, they're kind of like doing game in town. Remember Kitty City? it up a little back. Now Toys R Us is closing up. So you just, you know, you hope that the world does not turn into strictly online shopping. Because really, I mean, we 
don't socially act enough as it is. Now we're all going to be hiding behind our computers and shopping from home. People are getting groceries delivered to their house. So, society's changing. Let's try to be the exception and not the rule and get out and socially mingle. A couple of people mentioned to me this weekend just watching my festivities that, man, you always get out. You're always out doing things. You got to kind of have to get out and do things. My home is nice. I like sitting in the, the studio here to delivering the show to you, but there's a lot of things to do out there, so do them. What we're going to do now with some extra time is that without Jewel, we, we do cut things, uh, cut some here and there. And what I want to do is uh, give you a little taste of the show I went to last night, the Femmes of Rock, because they're that great. Just an outstanding uh, group of women, very entertaining. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a song for you that they uh, were so kind to give to me when they made their appearance here. It is their version of a Beatles classic, Eleanor Rigby. It's about a three-minute-long version. They put their own little twist on it, a little bit of a rock-type twist. And if you go to uh, YouTube again and look up Fans of Rock and Eleanor Rigby, there's a video. So it's their first-ever video as well. So we're going to play that for you real quickly. Eleanor Rigby. By the Femmes of Rock. Now remember, you're listening to violins here. It's pretty impressive. It's going to be about three minutes long. We'll come right back to you. Enjoy it here on the Stoop Radio Show.
a little scratch up at the end. Absolutely outstanding stuff. The Fems of Rock, Eleanor Rigby. That's their cover twist on it. They did it last night. It was fantastic. Great show last night at the Excite Center at Parks Casino. So pretty nice venue to see a concert. Not very big, but um, a good size and a fun time. A great show. And thank you to everybody from the Fems of Rock for making my night well worthwhile. Uh, we got some we'll play some more stuff and later on. I, I always have time for that. I absolutely love it. And the big highlight of the evening, of course, uh, the uh, leader of the band, Nina, uh, had come out with a microphone and during TDC's uh, Shook Me All Night Long, uh, getting members of the audience to sing, so I was the second person. Microphone came right to me and I cranked out you shook me all night long. Definitely the highlight of the evening, because you know I love having people hear my big mouth. And why not? I always have something uh, obnoxious to say. I'm always that guy, you know, that me laugh guy. <laughs> and sometimes it works. A lot of times it, it doesn't. You know, like a, the hitter in baseball hits 300. So basically, uh, 30% of the time he's getting a hit. It's like me and my jokes. I'm like the greatest joke tower ever, because about 30% of the I'm spot on. Yeah, my big mouth. Right where it belongs. On a microphone. This lovely band. Very lovely. Um, free ice cream alert, ladies and gentlemen. Let's stop everything right now before Lewis calls in. Anything else? Let's stop everything we're talking about right now. Because i got a free ice cream alert. And that's always big, big news. Tomorrow, March 20th. The big ice cream chain's Dairy Queen is going to be offering free small vanilla cones. Now, you know, I, I I could probably come up with a couple of flavors I like over vanilla. But if I'm out and about tomorrow, snow or no snow, bad weather, cold weather, wind, whatever it is, if there's free ice cream and I have to be near a Dairy Queen, I'm going to get it. I'm not knocking people over to go get it. I'm not, you know, stealing the world to go get it. But I go get it. Absolutely. Why not? They're offering I'll go get it. And, I mean, everybody does the Rita's uh, free water ice thing. I'm just not that big of a water ice guy. And that's a silly no-no. And I say water, not water. So i got all my Philly on. Water, ice, water, ice. All right, let's get down to it, folks. This is the moment that I've waited for, and I'm very excited here to welcome our very special guest to the show, Philly native, the wonderful, the talented, the lovely Brooke Lewis. Brooke, welcome to the Stoop Radio Show. Hello? All right, got a little difficulty. We got the call in. And the call is lost. All right, so we'll wait a moment or two and see if the call comes back in from Brooke. If not, we'll try her again in a few moments. Sometimes it happens. You get a little bit of technical difficulty here, and while I think I'm coming through loud and clear, sometimes I don't. Let's try this again. Hi, can <laughs> All you right. hear me? Uh, yeah. Hi, this is Trayvon Summerall, indie screenwriter, filmmaker. I got a question for Brooke. All right, uh, she's not joining us yet. She should be on any moment. So if you want to hold the line, okay, we'll play it. Okay. To, uh, good. Thank you very much. Um, 
you're a a film writer. Yes, yeah, screenwriter. Uh, I'll be directing my directorial debut here within the next couple months. So right now I've been raising money and uh, traveling and getting ready to shoot this thing. So I wanted to ask her, what, it, what does it take to get a Brooke Lewis role? Matt, sounds awesome. Where, where are you located at? Uh, Las Vegas and Colorado, between the two. Yeah, very That's awesome. How long have you been doing it? Something new for you? You've been at this for a while? Oh, no, I've been at this for a while. I'm 28. I've been at this since... Uh, seriously, since about uh, 19, since about 19. So screenwriters just going around selling short features to everyone and, you know, and uh, finally going to make my own uh, feature length, full feature length. I got tired of writing for other people and, you know, writing <laughs> scripts for everybody. So try this out. Try my hand at this thing. So I think I'm pretty confident. I hear you. So, so I raised, raised 100 grand so far. We'll see how uh, the rest of this, this next uh, round goes of raising money. So hopefully I reach That's that awesome. goal and uh, – yeah, yeah. Agree. Give me a few moments. We'll get right back to you. Hold the line, please. Thanks. Yeah, 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 sure. And I think we got Brooke on right now. Brooke, good evening. Welcome to the Radio Show. Thank you so much. Oh, I hear that Philly accent. Finish up with your guy. Go ahead. I'm good. I'm here. He's actually uh, he's waiting for you. He wanted to ask you a question. Um, he got oh. to us before, before you got to us. So uh, he's a... Hey. Uh, yeah, he's a film writer, and uh, he wants to talk to you a little bit about uh, the industry. So if you're good with that, we can jump on and finish it up real quick if you'd like, or we can get to an interview, uh, whatever absolutely. makes you No, no. I love to. I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm a veteran in this business. I've been around so long. I'm happy to help answer if I can. Is he a Philly guy? Uh, no, he's not. Uh, I believe he said he's uh, currently residing in Las Vegas and in Denver. So it seems like he's got oh, a uh, – yeah, so he's new to it. So let, let's check him out. Um We'll connect them here. You're on the you're on the line, and uh, we're with Brooke. Okay. Uh, no. So let me clarify that. So I'm from Denver, Colorado, Denver native, but Philly's my second home. All all my oh, family okay. on my father's side is is from Philly. So I lived in Philadelphia, North Philly, uh, six years. Went to Jacob Cook Middle School out there, and everything. So Philly is my second home. I just reside I in Colorado love right it. now. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Go Eagles. Reed, you better have been cheering for the yep. Eagles. Yep. Yep. Go Eagles. I love it. <laughs> See, there's already some, there's already some compatibility there. Both Eagles fans, Philly, and uh, <laughs> no, but Brooke, I definitely had a, uh, a really uh, serious question. What does it take to get a Brooke Lewis role? To get, you know, the Brooke Lewis? What, what, uh, what is it going to take? Well, who am I speaking with? This is Trayvon Summerall. <laughs> I this love is you. nobody, this nobody, guys. This, this is no joke, you guys. Trayvon rocks. You're so cool. I, I'm so blessed right now for you to even call in and ask that question. Um, I'm so flattered. Thank you so much. And this kid, he is such a great guy, this guy. I want you to know that. I don't know him personally, but he's amazing and is a true person with integrity and loves filmmaking, and I am so inspired by that. What does it take for me to sign on to, did you say a film? Yes. Okay. It really takes, at this point, and I know, you know, the guys on the stoop here are going to love this, and we'll get into details when I when we continue the conversation, but for me, at this point in my life and career, and there's not much I haven't done and accomplished in the film industry or in the TV industry or all of the above, you know, and, sure, and sure. so, yeah. So even though, you know, it may not be always at the quote-unquote A-list level, we'll say, that, you know, others perceive as being successful or famous. But um, for me, at this point, I've worked on network sitcoms, and I've worked on Broadway, and I've worked on 
super micro-budget indie films where, by the way, I've had some of the best experiences. And at this point in time for me, the most attractive thing for me to say yes to any of the films that I get offers on now is first and foremost to work with people with integrity, which I know you have, with professionalism. If someone's going to offer me a role, right, then I would rather work on a lower-budget film and take a pay cut and have it be professional and respectful, and that means to me as an actress, but also to the craft, to the art, for the people to just be amazing from, because I do believe it comes down, trickles down from the hierarchy from executive producers to producers to director to crew. So that's first and foremost. The other creative aspect for me is to, it has to inspire me and speak to me and compel me as an actress. And that means be sort of in my niche of roles that I love to play, ones that I know can display the best performance that I am capable of giving as an actress. And it just has to be a great script. It starts with the script. And if you've heard me speak on other shows a lot, you know, I stand behind that. That's why I have so much respect for writers and screenplay writers, because it's starts with a great script and great characters then it jumps to direction and editing and so on and so forth so I am only as good an actress as people know I have done some really bad work out there I've done some tremendous work out there it's oh I disagree with I, that not to cut you off uh, I disagree with that thank you <laughs> well I, I own I'm it sure though I'm sure agrees with me <laughs> Thank Absolutely. So oh, yeah, she's fantastic. We we love Brooke here. Um, Thank you so but, I mean, much. But, yeah, that's, you know, it. Obviously, that's it. It's got to be great. Obviously, she's all over social media, so I guess, you know, drop her a line, drop her a message, and maybe yeah, we can make yeah, this sure. work. And then, we'll, then we'll have you both on, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, we oh, love sure, that. Man. Hey, that, sound, that sounds great. I'd love that. Yes. Thank you love so that. much. I'm so inspired. What? I'm so inspired by Brooke. So before before I go, I just want to say one thing. You inspired me to do so much, Brooke. You inspired me to do so much. Uh, this woman has so much integrity. Her moral compass is just through the roof. This is somebody I, I would like to model my career after. And just thank you so much. You know, not to over flatter you, and just, but oh, I, I, I love you. You're, just, you're such an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so much. You Turn are on. Such thank a you darling. so much for calling in. We we really appreciate. It. Thank you. And um, can touch on here. That big fan. Yeah, have a good have a good night. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Aw. Oh, that was great. Hey, uh, hey, Colin. Oh, yes, how are you? Good evening. <laughs> Hi. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much for allowing that. And what a special treat and what a way to start a show. I mean, this is this is good. I like it. This is good times. That's of me. I love I love my fans. I have to say shout out to all that are listening. Like, honestly, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. I have the greatest fans, and they follow me everywhere, and it's just a gift. So I hope it is something that I'm choosing to do to help others, you know? Agreed, and I I thank you for taking the time to come here. Uh, and i got to be honest, it's a very um, – it's kind of a low-budgeted show we do here, so it's not a lot of phone screening. So when the call came in, I only know whose number is who, so I answered it, and at first I didn't get him. He called right back, and they said I had a question for Brooke. And you just Aww. you just don't know who you're getting sometimes because we've had <laughs> prank calls, we've had crazy things happen, and he was great, so that worked out really well. <laughs> that was such a – I have to be honest, and I know who he is from, you know, following me on Instagram and stuff. And um, he's wonderful, great human being, and great fan. And I do hope to truly – I mean, he's young and has his finger on the pulse of filmmaking, and I do hope I get to work with him, and I'm sure he's going to do quality stuff. So what a special treat. Thank you again. 
Sure. That, that's great. We'll make a match right here on the stoop for uh, careers. Yes. We love doing that stuff. <laughs> and we, we, I love we, it. And, Jeffrey, no, we, you nailed it. Yes. We could have some of my psycho crazy fans call in, and it would be ugly. Yeah. Ugly. Oh, ask Cat's PR. Cat's PR has had to come to my rescue more times than I care to share on the air. <laughs> that was really great. And um, I had reached out to her about another client, and, you know, she had asked me about you. And your face became familiar. Your career is very familiar. And I'm, I was thrilled right away. I'm like, absolutely. We will definitely do Brooke, no doubt about it. So welcome. Thank you so, so um, much. Sure. Let's get into some quick questions. Obviously, you're from Philly. You see, you could tell my accent. Um, tell us about your time up here and your experiences that that led you to acting. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I was such a ham as a kid growing up. In, I was born in South Philly and then grew up in the suburbs. And, you know, listen, Philly, the people don't understand it. And even my followers that are listening and, you know, Hollywood here and all the way to New York, to Chicago, I've worked everywhere, you know, they don't always understand what a creative town Philly is. I mean, it truly is like a mini New York in many ways with the theater, you know, community and what have you. So, I mean, I really did get an incredible training and opportunity young in Philly at like back in the day, it was the Arden Theater Company and Walnut Street Theater Company. And I was taking acting classes and stuff when I was really young and then in college. And it really gave me an incredible, I took singing lessons with a famous singing coach that did like, Andrea McArdle, who was older than I was, oh, wow. you know, but starred in Annie, I know the original, sure. like, so, I mean, there really was an incredible opportunity to be exposed to the arts in Philly, and that was that, and then I just went straight to New York, I was going to go to law school, bagged it, went straight to New York very young at 22, and landed an off-Broadway show, Tony and Tina's Wedding, which was an equity yeah. show I did for, right, seven shows a week, three years straight, and that was my, I like I say all over, you know, quote unquote, little big break that really sort of put me on the map in comedy and mobster movies. And I was like living the life in New York very young. So That's awesome. Um, you know, and like I said, we, we have a lot of Philly talent come on the show. We, we like to have locals and they all say the same thing. They say Philly's a great town, but as long as you stay on the good side of the people, you'll get somewhere. And obviously you're getting there and we love it. Um, one of your claims you. of fame. One of your claims of fame, something you're very well known as, is a scream queen. Uh, you're really big into horror films. You have a huge following for your horror films. Uh, where did that passion come from? And explain to the people who may not know, and explain to yourself, so what is a scream queen? What exactly is the meaning behind that to you? To me, that's great. Great question. Perfect to, to okay. make it, you know, specifically to me. Um, so I've said this, and I've done all the red carpets. We used to be on the Spike TV Scream Awards every year when they used to hold them here in Hollywood. And I said, I would always get asked that question, like, what is a Scream Queen? What does it mean to you? And to me, a Scream Queen is a sexy, powerful actress acting in the, in the horror genre. So for me... I think that it's really grown and changed the title. And when it was, you know, unbeknownst to me, bestowed upon me, again, I stand behind that a lot because I do support the horror community. And I feel like, you know, it's so easy now, as we all know, for any filmmakers listening to go out and just claim that you've made a film and buy a little digital camera. And, you know, these young gals that are getting, showing their boobs and pouring blood on them, that's great. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
but that's not exactly, you don't just wake up one day and go, I'm a scream queen. So for me, after doing years of theater and off-Broadway shows in New York and mobster movies in New York, uh, I was definitely a horror fan as a young girl growing up in the 80s and loved, like, the old 80s whenever we could watch them on VHS, you know, at first, like, the old 80s films, all the originals, like Friday the 13th and Halloween and Prom Night and I mean, I would rent from, my gosh, I think it was the 70s, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I'm a big, like, B-horror movie fan from back in the day. And then I became obsessed with, like, Brian De Palma films, like, Blowout, which they shot in Philly. So big shout-out to Philly. I know you're young, oh, yeah. but do you know Blowout? Do you remember Brian De Palma? I know Blowout. Blowout. I'm not that young. We're probably about the same oh. age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So there you go. Well, there's a Juno. So that was like one of my favorites. I always wanted to play Nancy Allen's role in Blowout. I was like, one day I'm going to have to produce that, like remake that film in Philly and play that role. So that said, loved horror. Yeah. And then funny enough, after doing, like I said, tons of indie films that we would go to Sundance every year and what have you in New York, I did this one. I moved to L.A. and had worked with a production company back in New York. And they wanted me to be their sort of like L.A. liaison producer. And it was after Sundance 04. And the first Saw had come out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're on to something. And I'm such a visionary that I'm like, okay, we need to write somehow and make and produce a psychological thriller. So we did. The original title was Polycarp. And I said, this is, and, and after doing Broadway and network sitcoms and, you know, all these mobster movies and stuff, and nobody knew who I was. It's so crazy, this industry. And then all of a sudden, we do this one late night, like, horror thriller, and Showtime picks it up. We surround oh, me wow. with named, yeah, we surround me with named actors, Michael Pere from Eddie and the Cruiser Street, The Fire Philadelphia Experiment. And rest his soul, Charles Durning from Tootsie and Dog Day Afternoon, and Eric Edabari from Witchblade, and all these incredible actors. And we make this indie film on shot on 35 millimeter film called Polycarp, which when Universal picked it up and Showtime, and it got released in 2008. We shot it in 2007, and they changed the title to Wait for It. Kinky Killers, I swear. Yeah. Wow. Kinky Killers. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Right? Charles Durning's like rolling in his grave. <laughs> However, the good news that to all actors listening, when you just don't know if or when you're going to get a break, all of a sudden my manager calls and they were like, you need to come to the office right now. Showtime had picked up this film and aired it three nights a week for two years straight. I go to the office. I think my management is going to drop me as a client because I'm in a film titled Kinky Killers, but lo and behold, <laughs> there's a stack of fan mail on the desk, piled wow. high. They're like, you have 200 fan letters sitting here. You have horror conventions that are asking if they could get you for a couple grand for the weekend to come make an appearance and sign autographs. They're calling you the new It Scream Queen, segueing back around wow. to your question. And sure. that my dear, is how it all came to pass. Isn't that crazy? And at that point, like, I embraced it, you know? I'm like, here I am, almost 30 years old. I'm like, you know what? I've worked so damn hard, sacrificed so much, started my own production company here, you know, and you do what you got to do. And it, it was amazing. And I learned that, I'll tell you, and I say it with pride, the horror fan base, and I've done every genre, as you know, from everything, you know, and they are just the most loyal, loving, supportive fans you could ever imagine. And I'm so blessed and grateful to this day. And then after that, like all the direct offers start coming where you don't have to audition. And you're like, God, this is what I've been working all my life for, you know. And I'm just so grateful that I get 
these offers and people like, you know, Trayvon calling and saying, like, how can we get you in my film? It's been a real blessing. So that's that. That's amazing. And, and that's, that's a hell of a story. And it's funny because, again, you say they, they call it kinky killers, and you're like, that's it, I'm doomed. And <laughs> I, I, I guess a, a co-question to that, because I've had some, some stars on the past, um, Erica Leniak for one. It was on Baywatch, and she said that oh, she was in a movie she's with so Steven Seagal. By the way, yeah, she's, oh, she's so amazing, gorgeous. It's like stupid. I'm, I've seen her at, on red carpet <laughs> events and stuff. I think we have mutual friends. I love her, and she said that the movie she did with Steven Seagal, all of a sudden they wrote in a nude scene when they found out that she was in Playboy, and now she's already in it, and she just did it. Were you ever found that did movie uh, producers, directors try to change roles? Once they seen you and said, hey, look at this sexy woman. Let's get you to do this and this. Any awkward moments like that? Many. Thank you for thank you for saying I'm sexy. Hey. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, thank you. You know, that's a really great question again. And for all the – especially I want to kind of target that to the women who are listening. Um, it has happened more times than I can count. And, you know, honestly, even – and this is a great example. Even in Kinky Killers, a film like that, where I was one of the executive producers and working with – dear filmmaker friends and family of mine, even then I had like a sex scene and I refused. I chose not to do nudity. And up until the cameras were rolling, they were still going, come on, show a little boob. Come on. You know, and I went, absolutely not. And again, I don't judge. I am no one to judge. I don't judge. I support and life coach women. Like, but I want to say this and I've never done nudity in my career because that's just been a choice of mine, which has helped me with my TV shows for teen girls and, you know, have sort of a very, you know, abundant career in other genres. And so again, I, I encourage you to do whatever I tell people, you have to sleep on your pillow at night and wake up with yourself in the morning. So do what you choose. However, um, for me, that was a choice, and I am committed to that. And so, and again, look, it wasn't like Scorsese was coming in saying, okay, there's a scene where we have to show your butt in some, right, like $100 million film. The conversation may have been very different. Right. But for me, you know, doing B-movies, starring in B-movies, it wasn't necessary because it really is about your acting. So, and many, oh, and I mean, there were other major films. Um, I just shared this with a friend that really would have put me on the map in a much bigger way as an actress. One film was like a $5 million film I had a direct offer for in 2009, and it was with a mega, mega, mega TV star, uh, now actually movie star. I don't want to say his name, but he was the lead. And I was offered the role of, of a hooker in the film. I would have had three scenes opposite him, an A-list star, where I would be at the hotel, and every time he'd come to the hotel in three different scenes, she had full frontal nudity. And it was a really intense, dramatic, incredible film and role and I turned it down and it, the money was great and God knows I needed the money then too but I turned it down wow. because it ju- yeah it was just a choice for me and a powerful one and I don't regret it so there have been and again I say it I'd be a lot more famous if I had taken the nudity roles and I'd have a lot more work under my belt but it wouldn't be right for me so for any women listening and guys you know whatever you choose just choose it powerfully and make sure that it serves you and your truth and your integrity. That might have something that, that that's a great answer. It might have something to do with the fact of where I am with the stoop. Cause right now I'm sitting here naked and I didn't know I had to have clothes on to do this show. Nobody told me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell anyone. I can't see, I can't see listeners. So I won't tell anyone, but Hey, whatever. Have, look, you're not offending yeah. anyone. If that makes you feel good, Jeffrey, then do it. But, you know, <laughs> I have a body built for radio, trust me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, that's great. That really is great. And, and I thank you for that. And, you know, it's it's a lot more about, you know, the quick hit of where I'm going to get if I do this. And you don't have to tell us the actor's name. You can just send it to me in a message on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll just – Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll keep yes. It, keep it now you're going to be wondering. <laughs> oh, my mind's already going crazy as we speak. Uh, but let's get on to another question because you just talked about uh, life coaching, and you do celebrity life coaching. Uh, you wrote a book, and the title was awesome, Coaching from a Professional Hot Mess. Uh, which you could yeah. all find at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. Check it out. I'm sure it's a great read. So the title alone is great. Tell us a little bit about the book and tell us about life coaching. <laughs> so the actual title is Coaching from a Professed Hot Mess, meaning I am a professed hot mess. I own it. Oh, I okay, I'm it. sorry. I rock it. Yeah, no, no worries. It's, it's a long title. People always mess it up. I, I rock it. Uh, I rock it so much that I actually, funny enough, just had the most amazing, I'm going to segue and come back around in a second, amazing meeting today with my clothing brand partner, Allison Metal Babe Cohen at Metal Babe Mayhem. So shout out to everyone because, because of the success of this book, I got so blessed to get branded with a clothing line and a makeup line, and we've got Rock Your Hot Mess. We just launched our bridal and bachelorette badass shirts. So anyone who's out there who's about to, like, get married or have a friend who's getting married, check it out, everyone. You can find all of that at my coaching site, which is BU and BeFearlessLifeCoach.com. Back to your original question, because it just made me think of it since I had the most amazing meeting and we're so fortunate, like, great things are happening. It's all because of the book. And the book really is about, like, owning your hot mess. We all have it. Let's stop denying it. We are all perfectly imperfect. It came out of frustration, like a lot of my success does, hitting walls in Hollywood, uh, having a teen talk show with my Ms. Van B, which is like my alter ego, like a Elvira meets the nanny character that I created years ago. She's a monster <laughs> Brooklyn comedic vampire, and she's amazing. And so I've done many, many hit web series, award-winning web series with her. And I actually was uh, circling even further back when I had this award-winning talk show for teen girls, and we were pitching a TV series, which is in development now, and some other screenplays with her films. You know, Hollywood is an interesting game, and they would say, well, we don't understand. Like, how could a horror icon, like Brooke and the Vampire, like a horror icon now, how could a horror icon be a positive role model for teen girls? So I would have to go, okay, I'm going to show you. And at the time, actually, it was when the economy had crashed, and about, well, it was like 2010, 2011, this all transpired, but the economy had just crashed in like 2009. And all my investors pulled out of my production company and out of all our films. Oh. And it was the first time in my adult life, yeah, that I had to really stop and go, okay, what's another backup plan if I can't make a living acting and producing here right now? And I went back to school at the Life Purpose Institute in San Diego. And, of course, it was after two college degrees when I was young. And I became a board-certified life coach. And it really initially was for the TV show and to do the talk show circuit that we were doing. And because everyone was like, well, how is she? She's a... She's a vampire. How is she a life coach? How is she a therapist? How is she a you know, counselor to girls? And so there I go again, having to prove myself again and show everyone, and I did. And so I went back to school, launched my business, be you and be a fearless life coach. And, again, for the listeners, like, it was really the first thing, Jeffrey, in my adult life that inspired me in a positive way besides acting. Like, I used to think that was it. There was nothing else that would make me happy, and it did. And so I'm really lucky. And now I really just use it in my work or pitching my Miss Vampy shows again for teen girls with positive messages. And that's how the book was born as well when we were doing talk show circuits and morning shows. 
you know, everyone was like, well, where's her book? Where's her book? Because that became the latest thing. Everybody needed a book in Hollywood. Every celebrity needed a book. So <laughs> I created a book from a lot of the work I had done for, again, you know, um, like talking points for talk shows, radio shows, uh, articles I had written. So I kind of revamped everything and said, that's it. I've worked so hard and so long for other people. I'm going to create my own. And it'll be just a fun, I call it my blessed beautiful bedside little table book and it's for my clients and for anybody out there who's interested it's really just sort of little positive messages for everything and everyone from empowering women to empowering the lgbt community to dating advice to because i've been a dating expert and worked on tv and have done i've had shows developed around me on reality tv and all that so there's nothing i really haven't done it's just a compilation of all of it That's wonderful. And, you know, anywhere you can find a niche or become part of something, I don't blame you. That's outstanding. And that was actually the next question uh, because I had heard that you had did a show about dating advice. Tell us a little something about that. Yes. So we were so fortunate with T-Radio V, which is a big internet TV network, cable network, um, that is now, I think, outsourced to uh, Netflix or one of them. And so we were doing the show. My partner that I brought in was a dear, dear friend of mine who I'm going to shout out to him because you may know him and like him because I know you're all into sports as well, covering and go Eagles again. So Michael yes. Bronte was, yeah, Michael Bronte was my co-host on the show. And it was called Breaking Dating. And it was on for an entire season. And we would have our celebrity friends come on as guests. We had the most incredible guests come on. Everybody loved our show. And we would really give the perspective of dating and online dating. And every week was a new topic or issue. Uh, very much like that show, I can remember the name that, that I think it was Brody Jenner had his show on right after we had ours, funny enough. And I can't remember what it was called. But, you know, basically where we would talk about different dating and relationship issues. So, But Michael Bronte, you need to know this is a football sports fanatic and he had his own I think podcast or radio show at one point all about football so okay. you should check him out yeah 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 definitely so anyway that was it it was great and again I mean I'm so lucky like my dear friends I had you know my best girls from you know, Marilyn Gigliotti from Clerks to Josh Butler one of my best friends just an amazing director from Vampire Diaries and uh, Suze Lanier Bramlett, who's like my, you know, big sister in Hollywood, and she's the original West Craven, The Hills of Eyes, and the list goes on and yeah. on, and Bambi, and Welcome Back, Cotter. I mean, so I'm really, you know, again, when you've been in a business for 20 years working professionally, I've worked with some of the best of the best. I hope we have time for me to shout out to some of my films and some of my charity stuff, but um, I've worked with such amazing people, and so, you know, you create relationships, and I've gotten to, I had all these people on our dating show. All the singles were on the dating show. That's awesome. And we, hey, we got time for shout outs. I mean, I'm in no uh, rush to get you out good. of here. We usually, awesome. you know, we usually let it go as long as you're comfortable. Um, Great. So did, did you get the show because you had bad dating experiences or, or what made you get into this, this show? Dating expert. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So it's so funny. So when I, when I launched, my coaching business, Be You and Be Fearless Life Coach, back in like 2011, 2012 after school, then it was very interesting how I was coaching a lot of young actors and actresses, and like these Jurassic gorgeous celebrity actresses would come in for coaching with me, and they'd start crying, and they would call me and say, Brooke, I need an immediate, you know, emergency session because I didn't get the wow. TV pilot that I was up for, and they'd be crying. So they'd come in to do a session, and lo and behold, on the 
I would say nine times out of ten, all these people would start crying and over whatever, you know, job they didn't get or they had a fight with their mom or whatever. But really, in the end, the second half of the session would turn into they're really upset because their boyfriend broke up with them or this girl didn't like him or, you know, whatever. He felt like a fool when he asked someone out and it just turned into that. And I had been single for so many years. I was such a career woman, still am, you know, and I had been single for a long time, online dating like crazy and enough where I was asked to do like a lot of expert work for different dating apps and sites back then and so I did and I really they say in fact my fiance now always says like they they say if you have 10,000 hours plus of experience in a specific area and you're inspired to take it further do it and so it just sort of naturally happened for me where my coaching led into dating advice and then I had a I don't, can't say which one, but I had a show developed around me as a dating expert in Hollywood for a big network, which we ended up not doing and not taking. That was a whole other drama story. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> that's that. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of dating expert work on different reality shows and for people on different reality shows. I've been on, you know, talking about dating on Brandy Glanville from the Real Housewives show. And I coached some of the women from Lifetime's Little Women LA. And what else? I had another, did my own sizzle and pilot for another dating show, Dating 101. And the list goes on and on. So that's really how it came to pass from from my own personal experience. <laughs> Well, I guess that's encouraging words for uh, people out there to do online dating that you may actually end up on a date with Brooke Lewis. I probably would have yeah. died if that happened to me. <laughs> so, hey, you never know. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? You never know. And it's funny because I coach, like I said, a lot of celebrities. And, you know, some of my great, great friends are really well-known. And, you know, sure, does it make it a little bit more of a struggle? That's why my fans say now, I mean, funny enough, I didn't tell him when, when we didn't meet online. We actually met, funny enough, when I was doing dating expert work. And he was just getting back out there dating again and didn't really ever, he had never done online dating. He didn't know anything about it and went online to see like one of my speaking engagements I was doing. It's so funny. And so he did not know I was an actress and I did not know oh. I was an actress. So that was kind of a neat little experience. And I kind of tell my girlfriends who are famous, you know, here in LA, you know, I mean, don't ever lie when you're online dating listeners. That's really important. Like, really be as truthful as you can be. But you don't need to divulge everything immediately. You know, you don't have to stay in your profile because, you know, people, especially people in the public eye, you want people to get to know you, get to know your truth, get to know who you are as a person. It's not all about what movies you've done, you know? That's excellent. And there's 100% good advice, free advice from an yep. expert. That's right, uh, and you'll get more of that in my book. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, remember, get the book. Uh, So let's get on to other (laughs) stuff. You have a a, um, production company, if if you will, Philly Chick Pictures, paying a little bit of homage to your your hometown. Now, this this new movie um, that you're part of – I'm sorry, I lost track. Uh, No, um, Psychotherapy. I'm sorry, Psychotherapy. Is is that one of yours? Is that a Philly Chick picture? 
It is. It is. I Yes. So psychotherapy, actually, I wouldn't say that's new. That's several movies back, but it just hit the festival circuit all last year, and we are continuing the festival circuit this year as well. It has been a dream come true with that, and that is a film that, yes, I executive produced it and produced it through Billy Chick Pictures, and one of my best friends, Stacey Lane Wilson, who is an incredible writer-director, and uh, she's amazing. And it had been, again, here I go again, out of frustration. I had done a film years prior titled Sprinkles, a short film that Roger A. Sheck wrote and directed. I started up with the Don Danielson, and it hit the ground running with the festival circuit. And I say this humbly and gratefully. I had won probably 20 Best Actress Awards for that over several years. And I was it was a piece I was incredibly proud of, a very dark dramatic piece. I ended up winning the Actors Awards for it in 2017 for Best Actress in a Drama. And so cutting over to to psychotherapy, I was so frustrated and I said to Stacey, gosh, it's been years since I've had and I've been so fortunate to star in a lot of sci-fi movies. Thank you so much, Neil Johnson (laughs) uh, for Starship Rising (laughs) and Starship Apocalypse. I'm going to shout out to all my people I love and can't wait to work with again. But I've been so fortunate. But, you know, not every role is like deep and dark and, you know, where you kind of like sink your fangs into. And so I had said to Stacey one day over lunch, I'm so frustrated. This is summer of 2016. And I said, I need my next sprinkles. I need a role that is crazy and dark and deep and amazing. And so next thing you know, she's the fastest writer in town. She writes me a piece that is brilliant. And my we it just all came together very quickly. And we shot that summer of 2016. And I got to star in that opposite Ricky Dean Logan from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, Freddy's uh, yeah. Last Nightmare, Freddy's Dead. And he was in Back to the Future 2 and 3. He had a recurring role on Seinfeld back in the day. Like, he's so talented. I get to work with the most talented actors. I really do. And I make sure of it, you know. If I'm going to sure. do anything, I'm going to do it right. That's my philosophy. You know, it may not be, again, A-list, but it's going to be done right and quality and professional. So really incredible. And our DP, Stefan Colson, like, blew it out of the park and just amazing. So really, really great people involved with that one. And Bryce Campbell, another dear friend of mine, he came on board and helped me to produce it. And it was just perfect. So so we hit the ground running again with the festival circuit all last year. We were action on film. And I was so blessed again. I won the Stella Adler Award at Action on Film Film Festival 2017 last year and 2018. Again, the Actors Awards. I mean, I'm so lucky. They <laughs> honored me just, just recently to shout out to um, the Actors Awards, I won Best Actress in an Indie Film. And, I mean, this is, you know, very prestigious, and sure. it's been incredible. I Oh, shout out to Philly again, the unbelievable, who was like an icon of mine, or the little girl, Grace Kelly, who was originally yes. from Philly. You know this, right? I mean, yes, who went on to absolutely. become Princess Grace. Exactly, for the listeners. So I won the Grace Kelly Award at the West Coast International Film Festival last year as well in 2017, which is like the highest actress honor you can receive there for psychotherapy as well. So again, not to sound like I'm bragging, but I am just so grateful <laughs> that, no, really, like it is, you know, because we work so hard and sure. to be acknowledged at all and to be honored. It, so again, for a little indie film, I am so lucky. That's got to be. That's got to be amazing. And, and like I said, just looking at your history and all the awards, your mantle must be packed. <laughs> your house must be packed with awards. That's 
you know, and, and it's, it's stupid. A, you know, it's a shrine to yourself. That's awesome. I know. It's so embarrassing. It's so stupid. And, like, you know, on one hand, you're kind of like, what does this all mean? It doesn't mean anything. On the other hand, it's like, okay, yeah. Like, I look at every statuette that I'm staring at right now, and no joke, there's, like, 50 sitting here on my shelves. You're right, like, on my mantle. And then I have all my book awards in my in my office, like, on the wall. I mean, it's crazy train. But what it does do is on my, you know, sad days, on the depressed days, on the days where I go, oh, my God, my life is shit and my career shit and you know and then I look up and I see everything and I'm like wait a minute no stop it like you've accomplished a lot but I don't always feel that way I don't and I own that and I share that with people you know you got to be real and you know there are parts of my life that are incredibly glamorous and people see photos on my Instagram every weekend of me rocking some fabulous red carpet and some gala and some I mean I went to 20 different Oscar parties (laughs) my amazing PR firm had me invited to but you know, that's not always what's real. And we all know that. And I think that, unfortunately, don't get me started on like a social media conversation, but, you know, so many people fake it, you know, that whole, and there's a part of it, I do believe you have to kind of fake it till you make it, but so many people just fake it. And, you know, they, they make their lives look so fabulous. And here's the truth, everybody listening. We all are effed up. We all have problems, (laughs) period, end of story. That's the truth. Amen. Read that, and like I said, if you you know if you happen to uh, see me on Instagram or Facebook this past Saturday, I had you know three beer bottles in my mouth at once, and I was just being a mess. But that's me having fun. <laughs> but and it's you, real. You deserve bro. it. It is, and Thank you deserve you. it, and that's the thing. I think, look, I'm not going to encourage you, Jeffrey, to go out, like, every night of your life and start posting you with three beer bottles in hand, but it was St. Patrick's <laughs> Day, and if you're having fun, right. you deserve that fun, and you know what? That's great to show a side of you who allows yourself to have fun because, again, I'm sure you work really hard. We all work really hard. I know what it takes to produce a radio show, and it's a pain in the ass for anyone listening. It's a <laughs> lot of work to, to recruit, you know, guests every week and what have you, so you deserve to go out and party. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, I've got a, yeah, and I appreciate it. And I got a great uh, partner in life. My wife definitely lets me go out and do my thing. I'm like that guy that everybody wants them to entertain. You and I are a lot alike. Both the Italians, Philly people. We like to life at a party, help go and have a good time. But like I say, keep it real and just be honest. I love it. Love it. Same here. Absolutely. Yep. Um, So a couple of new stuff that you do have coming out. You talk about Half Year, and you also got a short film, uh, Alan Alan and Millie. So tell us about these two roles. Yes. Okay. So I'll save Half New Year for the end because it's a Philly project. So Alan and Millie, big, big shout out. Alan and Millie, that's the new project. That one we just uh, shot in the fall, and it just hit the ground running again at the awards circuit, which happens usually in the, you know, kind of winter, spring. Then you hit the festival circuit, especially the genre festival circuit from like August to like December. So we already, I I mean, again, I'm not bragging guys, but I'm sharing because I'm just so damn proud of my team. And again, I feel like, you know, I just work, choose powerfully to work with amazing, creative, artistic, genuine, humble people. So Marcus Redman, who everybody knows, a brilliant actor. He was one of the stars of Doogie Howser back in the day, Fight Club been a working actor for many years turned yeah he's great turned writer director and I've been wanting to work with him for a very long time I have a feature film script of his sitting here and so it's Alan and Millie but we did a short piece based on scenes from the feature titled Alan and Millie a short romance and I can't give too much of a a way because there's a huge spoiler alert and twist but 
it is about a guy, Alan, who is down on his luck, who is a, like, failed screenwriter who's kind of nerdy, kind of a hot mess, and his, like, saving grace in life is his crazy obsession iconic crush with Millie Lane, who, get this, all my fans, who is a B-movie starlet from, like, the 1930s and 40s. So wow. <laughs> he goes, I know, he goes to the old-time movie theater to watch Millie Lane's films to escape, and one day, is it Millie Lane? Is it her niece? I come walking in and sit next to him in this old theater, and he's watching Millie Lane's films, and I'm sitting right next to him, and they're – a romance ensues, and it's a short romance, pun intended. And so you guys are going to have to go to the festival to see it. But we all re- – so I get so I get to, A, uh, star in this opposite, Courtney Gaines, who's one of my best friends in the world, who is a talent genius actor who's been around forever from Can't Buy Me Love opposite Patrick Dempsey to original uh, right who doesn't, to um, – ah to the Malachi in the original Children of the Corn, to Sweet Home Alabama, to Memphis Bell. I mean, his list of credits is sick. You guys all need to check him out. And so he starred opposite me in this piece, and it is just incredible. And big shout-out to Katie and Kelly Williams. They're the twin sister team that are on the rise. These girls are powerhouse. And they are doing cinematography and sound mix. And just, again, an incredible team. The list would go on and on. So... Uh, so lucky Marcus wrote this short piece and we are just crushing it we're like we just started again the award circuit and we just won oh my gosh what we won the accolade awards we won award of merit for short film and Courtney and I both as actor and actress we just won um oh gosh we won wait let me think let me think oh prestigious prestigious shout out prestigious fest they're awesome it was my first time entering there and we also got an award, and we won um, Best Star Comedy, which is so cool, and we won Best Actor Duo, Acting Duo, Courtney and I. So we're crushing it. We're so excited. And we, like I said, we just started in 2018. It just came out, and it's great. I'm so blessed. And then shouting out to Half New Year, which is such a special project, and I really want to share it because I don't get to share it enough, and it's just in post-production now but a feature that I got to do play one of many leads in called Half New Year. And my real-life little brother here in Hollywood, Drew McEnany, who's from Philly, so go Philly, Philly people stick together. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Drew and I met when he was working at E years years ago on a red carpet. He, he interviewed me, and he's like, you're from Philly. And I was like, are you? And we just bonded. And he truly became like my pain-in-the-ass real you know, Hollywood from like Philly to Hollywood little brother. And we've been through a lot together. And he decided he was going to write a feature. He got so frustrated with the games and again in Hollywood. And he wasn't getting a break as an actor. And that's what he came out here for. And he wrote a piece called Half New Year. And he actually, he's starring in it. He plays the lead. He plays Reed DeLuca from South Philly. And he wrote (laughs) his older sister, Pam DeLuca from South Philly for me. And we did years of table reads, and any actors out there know what that is when you're doing, you know, table read, reads and readings. It's called, like, script readings for anyone who doesn't know, where you're kind of reading in character to 
trim the fat or, you know, redo the script. And he went through several directors and several producers over the years, and we all stood behind him. And then all of a sudden, this incredible producer, Georgia Manides, Georgia Manides, I, I, I always get her name wrong. She's Greek. There you go. <laughs> another one, another ethnic like us. And so <laughs> she, yes. yes, she came on and she rewrote the script and produced it and executive produced it and just said, that's it. I am making this film. And it was out of nowhere. And then she brought in Tom Morash, who is just incredible as a human being and as a director, one of the most patient and creative and supportive directors I've ever had the opportunity to work with. And I hope that I get to work with him again in the future. He's amazing. He was part of the Sundance lab at one point. So really talented people. And Oh my gosh. I mean, just incredible. Kyle Hardy, this young kid who ended up being our line producer, like crushed it. So this cast is re-dick. Like my girl, Bo Youngblood, Shanley Caswell from The Conjuring, um, Jeff Dye from Last Comic Standing, very, very famous comic who has his own show with all the older guys, Henry Winkler and William Shatner, the son, I think NBC right yeah. now. I can't remember what the title yeah. is, right? Huge hit show. So he's starring in it. And like I said, Drew plays the lead. And um, wait, I want to make sure I shout out to all the main cast of actors. So bear with me because I just love these people. It is such, it's a dramedy. And it's really about a group of, you know, kids in their 20s and maybe early 30s who come to Hollywood with a dream. And like the tagline, it's really about like your friends are the family you choose in a nutshell to sum it up. And it's about the struggles that kids in their late 20s, early 30s go through. Of course, I play a little bit older, maybe like early to mid-30s. And what people go through here in L.A. and how freaking hard it is. But if you have good people around you to support you, then you're set. And that's really what Drew is very blessed to have. I'm blessed to have even coming across the country from Philly. So, again... Drew McEnany, Bo Youngblood, Shanley Caswell, me, Rome Flynn from Tyler Perry. I forget what film he just did with Tyler Perry. Uh, John Iorardi, Matt Schulte, um, Rebecca Venegro, Ashley Platt, who's also Jersey Girl, Jermaine Alvarez-Martin, Afton Jillian. I mean, that's like a main cast. And shout out to all of them because I think we have something really special on our hands. I really believe it's going to go to some of the big film festivals next year, and I really believe you're going to see big things with a low-budget film. And, again, it's a testament to Tom Marash and Drew, Drew McEnany and Georgia Manides, who are really the top of the crop, and it trickles down, and it's just really something that has been built from the ground up with love, and that's what's most important. So got to shout out to that. But the best part is we're going to have to have some big Philly premiere, which you'll have to come to it and cover or have us all on or have the rest of the crew on sometimes on the show because it's going to be awesome. We would love that. We love everything Philly here. And you're like our new Philly role model. You're like Miss Philly. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm thank you. I'm such a proud Philly yeah. chick. I'm proud. You should be. Speaking of Philly, I am. I got some Philly pride going no matter what. I always say you can take the girl out of Philly and Jersey, but you can't take the Jersey and Philly out of the girl. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of Philly, I want one more big important shout out because this is, again, about always supporting where you came from, supporting Philly, supporting Philly people, and a dear friend of my dad's, friend of my family uh, for years. So Jenna Spitz. Hi, Jenna, if you're listening. 
and hi, Jenna. all of her hi yes hi Jenna and her <laughs> people um, Ansley Sawyer and Corey Embring and like the list goes on and on I, I honestly personally don't know most of the people but Jenna her family has, is very tight with my family back in Philly and I just want to give a big support and shout out for a film that they did it's an incredible documentary and I'm very much as you all know a philanthropist and do a ton of charity and cause work, which I'd love to shout out to also if we have time, but back to Philly and films and representing. <laughs> so check out this title, everyone go to IMDb. It's called Like We Don't Exist. And it's yes. from 2017. It's a documentary short drama. I'm just going to read you a quick little like synopsis. After 70 years of civil war, a young man from an oppressed ethnic minority in Burma inspires a group of filmmakers to document the stateless and war-ravaged, war-ravaged, refugee camp he once <laughs> called home. So, again, I only got, like, word of this project, and it's a great cause, a great piece. And what these kids are needing is for everyone to go to their Vimeo link, and it's open to the public. So check it out. You can also follow them. The they have a Twitter feed as well, like we don't exist, at like we don't exist. And so they're doing a huge like voting system right now. And if they get tons of views on their Vimeo link, they will get a really big award that will honor them and probably get them the financing they need, I'm guessing, to maybe do a feature of this or something. So everybody go check that out. I wanted to just give that a special shout out today because I'm in a I'm in a philanthropic mood. <laughs> There you go. And you're doing great work. You're like the ultimate spoke spokesperson. I mean, it's inspired by every everything you tell me inspires me. Aw, <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for saying that. I aim to inspire. Well, good. Then we can continue with my charities, first and foremost. Go ahead. Um, I am a – yes, shout out to – I am a celebrity ambassador for Breaking the Chains Foundation. Everybody go check out – you can Google it. You can check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Breaking the Chains Foundation. And Deborah Hopkins, who's become my dear friend, and she is the owner, CEO, CFO, all of it, of Breaking the Chains. And it's an organization, a charity cause, really a cause to give back. And it's for people who are battling and struggling with from body image to really eating disorders to uh, self-esteem, self-love issues, all of it that affect, you know, really our bodies and especially in young women. And so what this incredible cause does is they are like doing different charity work and stuff to give back, obviously to raise awareness, but also the arts. So what they're doing, they have these incredible dance teams and paintings and to cultivate like your inner strengths and your artistic strengths. So that for people who are, let's say you're challenged with eating disorders, especially teen girls that struggle with this, and you don't know how, you need an outlet, you don't know where to turn, you can beat this by getting involved, you know, in the arts and allowing mediums and ways to express yourself. And so uh, Deb Hopkins is very open about her struggles with her eating disorders growing up and everything, even into adulthood. And it's something she's incredibly passionate about and I'm inspired. So I was invited to come on, you know, since I do a lot of work with teen girls and a lot of work about body image and I've struggled with body image and maintaining weight in Hollywood for so long. And so it's something I'm really passionate about as well. And so we've got the needle walk for eating disorders coming up April 7th so everybody check out you know breaking the chains you go to my feed you can make donations if you want to but I'm not pumping out for donations I'm saying everyone just to raise awareness you know check out follow me and retweet my stuff if you can 
listeners, you know, just because it's something I'm really active in right now and it's coming up. So it's something I'm really proud of. And again, I believe in doing a lot of charity work and giving back and, uh, yeah, anything I can do to inspire. And again, everybody, wait, also just for your listeners, I always like to do this on a radio show because I want to make sure that the listeners get discounts for guys who want to buy their girl a special little treat or ladies out there. Number one shout out to Tosh Cosmetics, my makeup branding partner line. That's Tosh Guerrera Castagna. She's awesome. We have a makeup line in conjunction with my book called Profess Your Hot Mess. We also have for teen girls, Ms. Nampy Girl. And if you go to my website, go to uh, my, my coaching site or any of my sites, brooklewis.com or bumbfearlesslifecoach.com, I have all the links and pages. But what I want to tell your listeners is if you do go and buy any makeup or anything, put in the code, hashtag Brooke, all capital letters, 17, and you will get 15% off of any of my brand at checkout. So please utilize that because I love when people get discounts. I surely like it. <laughs> and then also, like I said before, to my clothing brand line at Metal Babe Mayhem, Alice Metal Babe Cohen, our killer meeting today. Really big shout out. We, we produced two years ago, based again on my book and all my teachings and messages for women, is Rock Your Hot Mess. We've got full, full-blown clothing brands, right? And we also have uh, Ms. Zampi design as well, which is incredible for all the Ms. Zampi fans. But... Right now, we launched went due to my engagement last year and all this stuff. I mean, things have just been incredible, and Hollywood Life covered us and everything. And so we launched our new bridal and bachelorette line. So anybody who has a bridal party coming up, a bachelorette party, anything, go to, again, go to my site or go to metalbimmayhem.com. And if you put in hashtag Brooke, all capital letters, 16 for that one, you get 20% off. And that's a big wow. thing. And our gear is sick. Like, wait till you guys see brides rock your hot mess, brides to be rock your hot mess, bachelorettes rock your hot mess. It's so much fun. So if you're going down to Atlantic City, everybody, then for like a bachelorette party, you need to buy the bachelorette party and use the discount and get our clothing brand and sleep in it or roll out or do the walk of shame in it. It's perfect. <laughs> the walk of shame. Do the walk of shame, girls, proudly <laughs> in our shirts. Uh, one other shout-out. i got to do it. I know i got to do it, but they're so supportive of my career. Gino Steaks, baby. I love you, oh, Gino yeah. Steaks. I love you. Oh, I yeah. want my whiz. I want my whiz. <laughs> so, actually, we're going we're to hit you with that. Um, we always do a top five list here on the show. Top five. And we get a different topic every time. So quickly. Before we uh, before we lose you for the night, Brooke mm-hmm. Lewis's top five favorite things about Philly it could be anything. Real quickly, lay it out. Top five things you love about Philly. Okay, I love the Eagles, baby. I love Geno Steaks. I love the people who are real, honest, badass, and know how to put up a fight, but still know about brotherly love. I love how you can cruise down the down the shore, down the shore. It's so down the shore. To cruise <laughs> down the shore any weekend <laughs> in the summer and have fun in Atlantic City. So that's big. And then wait, adding to that, I'm still going to keep number four because I got to shout out to the White House subs. We love our White House subs in Jersey. Oh yeah, White House like subs, a, absolutely. Right, like a Philly thing. Oh yeah. And then last but not least, oh my gosh, um, wow, I. 
I mean, in general, pizza, of course. And, of course. Oh, my God, of course. And I still love the Franklin Institute, which I loved when I was a little girl. And Philly Pride, baby. I don't know. I just gave you a list of, like, ten. Yeah, you sure did. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We, it. we get we get guests on, and normally I try to, you know, trim it down to a top three. And they're like, oh, geez, I'm so on the spot. And just in this interview, I said, if I ask Brooke this, she'll probably give me about 20. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. I could have gone on and on. I could have gone South Philly. Oh, my God, the Rocky statue. All right, you're killing yeah. me, Jeffrey. I can't give you. I need, I'm going to give you more and more. The freaking Rocky statue. Are you kidding? My friend Debbie had us. I flew home. It's funny because this was like 2004. I was on the Fox sitcom. Flew home. We had a party at my friend Jason Moss's brother's restaurant in South Philly for my debut of Quintuplets on Fox. Then I had my girlfriend, Debbie, Debbie Hampton, now Debbie Fashion's wedding that weekend. And one of the stops on her, like, bus for the bridal party on the bus trip. And mind you, it was July, and it was, like, 120 degrees humidity. I was dying. <laughs> and we ran up the, the, what is it, where is it now? Where was the Rocky statue? Up the stairs. Was it the art museum? Yeah. We ran up the stairs of the art museum to the Rocky statue and took pictures with it in high yields and 120 degrees. I joke with her about that all the time. I'm like, Deb, I could have killed you. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to do it. So Rocky sure, and, and the market and, and, and like, everything oh, and all the Italian restaurants. I miss it. We get no good food out here. I can None. imagine. Next, next time you're in town, drop us a line. Me and, and my wife and my regular co-host, Jewel, who unfortunately is six nights who couldn't make it. We'll get together. We'll meet you and meet the fiance um, and we'll, we'll fill it up. I love that. Yes. That, oh, I love the fill it up. In fact, we plan on that. And I hope you get better, Jewel. Yes, I'd love to meet you guys. Go down the shore in the summer? Yeah, we can make our way down. It's not a problem. Okay. Yeah, because we're trying to figure out, like, I will definitely let you know. I would love that. That would be so much fun. We could even do, like, live, some, you know, live feed stuff or whatever if you wanted sure. to do and shout out the show and, like, you know, that would be so much fun. I know we're trying, we always come in, you know, for family stuff and everything, but we're trying to get in where we can just spend like a long weekend, whether it's at the shore, whatever, and like have a big party, you know, and just get all our people together. It would be so much fun. I love it. It sounds great. And obviously I, you know, I definitely want to welcome you back uh, to the show sometime. If you'd like, we'd love to have you back. You're, you're outstanding. You're actually the longest interview I ever had. Cause I just had no desire to cut it short. So thank you so much. Uh, oh, thank you for spending extra time with me. I appreciate it. Anything. That was great. People. Thank awesome. you. And um, you, know, you get the main scoop at www.brooklewis.com. Uh, Twitter at BrookeLewisLA. Same with Facebook at BrookeLewisLA. Check her out. Follow everything she's doing because it's well worth it. And again, one more shout out because he, he tweeted, and we got to give it to him. Um, the, uh, the Civil War, like we don't exist. So follow them on Twitter at like we don't exist and check that out and, and vote for that film and, and get it somewhere. So Philly can keep being represented. Brooke Lewis. I have this massive crush now. I absolutely love you. Thank you so much for coming uh-huh. on. And Thank you for having uh, I, me. <laughs> best of luck. And we'll talk to you real soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Big, big kiss to Philly brotherly love. I miss you guys. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks Brooke. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, stupid friends and fans and family, that was the electrifying high energy of Brooke Lewis. Tremendous. Man, what a night. Yeah, um, 
I kept her for about an hour. We never do that. 20, 25 minutes normally. I, I just couldn't let her go. <laughs> so to me, it probably would have ran her out to the, to the 10 o'clock spot and they would have been cutting me off. But anyway, privilege, honor, great time. Um, well-decorated actress, as she mentioned, a lot of awards, a lot of different fields, life coach, actress, dating expert, you name it. She's got a little, and she speaks it like she knows it. I love it. And I love Philly. Shout out to Philly and a shout out to the lovely Brooke Lewis. Hope to have her on real, real soon. And I definitely thank um, her PR people too because um, they turned uh, they turned me on to Brooke. And as soon as I looked into it and saw who she was and remembered who she was, I certainly wasn't shooting that down. So that's outstanding. So we thank you so, so much. And thanks to Brooke. You're amazing, Brooke. I love you. You're the best. All right, so we have more shows coming up in the very near future. We're going to start off with Wednesday night. Pretty big one. Um, a very new, hot Netflix series called Everything Sucks. Young actor by the name of Jahi Winston. He's like the star of that show. And this show is getting a lot of press and a lot of people like it, even though it's about everything sucking. <laughs> but it's a big show, and Jahi Winston is going to be our guest Wednesday night on the Stupid Look. Very forward to that. Monday, uh, from the same PR firm that brought us um, Brooke tonight, and we're going to have Lisa Link, actress, uh, making her way, coming up on a lot of big stuff right now. So uh, we look forward to that. That's next Monday. Lisa Link. Uh, I'm going to give a special um, thanks to my main man, Steve. He's got a new nickname. He's Steve the Joke Man. G. I won't give out his last name. I, I don't have legal permission. Steve the Joke Man G. He's my main man. He's been pumping me full of uh, comedy over here on the side. A lot of stuff I can't even share. It's just that funny and crude and ridiculous, but he's the best. <laughs> and I love him for uh, coming by here and being a big fan of mine. And uh, he's actually has been titled tonight. He is the uh, he's a now member of the Stoop Radio family. He is our emergency backup um co-host and he's worth it because he's hilarious and he, you know sometimes i will feed out his jokes that he gives me here on the show he loves to listen he loves our guest yeah me and him are going to be fighting over brooke lewis when she makes her trip here to philly because she's lovely just give me a heads up on that but steve thanks as always for your support uh we have one more announcement to make and this one is huge for us here at stupid radio show uh, because this is one of our favorite acts. This is one of our absolute favorite um, friends of the show, Lilith and the Night. That's right. We've had Lilith on here three times now. We've debuted music. And I got word that May 4th will be the debut of yet another new hit from Lilith and the Night. Do you know what that means? May 2nd. I know it's a little bit down the road. It's probably about six weeks away, but May 2nd. The absolutely incredible Lilith herself will be back here on the stoop. She is gorgeous. She is lovely. She is talented. And this band kicks ass. And she's going to be here. We are going to debut it. World premiere. Before anybody else gets this song, you're going to hear it here on the stoop. Title in the works. Lilith will give us all the more all more of the information coming up. And, of course, we'll feed it to you as we work up to that. And I get so amped. She calls us from... England. It's usually about one or two o'clock in the morning by the time she calls us in and gets us on. But she's always a trooper. She comes on. She delivers. Always a plus. World class person right here. 
So mark it down on your calendar. If you're a fan of the Stoop and you're a fan of Lilith and Night, if you become a fan of theirs from our show, May 2nd, Lilith comes back. So that's three big shows to look forward to. A lot more coming up. Got a lot more guests. We're talking a lot more PR people. As Brooke said, it's a lot of grind. But we get great guests. We have not struck out yet. And tonight, no exception, Brooke Lewis. Absolutely amazing. Again, check her out, www.brooklewis.com or follow her on Twitter, Brooke Lewis LA. She's also on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She's worth it because, like she always says, she's always up to something. And she says it's not always glamorous, but it looks glamorous. It looks awesome when Brooke does it. And I certainly want to um, take her up on that offer to maybe meet down the shore with the uh, friends of mine and, and the show and represent the show and represent her great career and everything. That would be absolutely outstanding. Uh, so we're getting ready to pack it in for this evening. I'd like to give a big thank you to everybody that tuned in tonight. I want to send out a get well soon wish to our co-hostess with the most. It's the lovely Jewel Tatey. Jewel has a, a new residence and uh, she's got a lot going on and we understand that and it's been dragging her down a little bit. So she's a little under the weather. We'll be back with Jewel again on Wednesday. Uh, again, a big thanks to Steve G, the joke man. Big thanks to Brooke Lewis and many, many more. So we're going to call it a night. We will talk to you again Wednesday, same time, 8 p.m. Jahi Winston from the Netflix series, Everything Sucks. Should be a great, great show. Once again, another shout out, another thank you again to Michael and the Femmes of Rock. Uh, setting us up this weekend with the show and just had a great time there. Check them out too, if you will. Femmes of Rock, check out their uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, check out some footage if you're friends with me on Facebook. Support these bands. Support everybody that comes on the show because everybody is very genuine. And we've got a lot of uh, celebrities working hard to entertain you. Like I try to do myself. I'm very entertaining as well. And for all you that are wondering, no. And not doing the show naked, I obviously am wearing boxers. So I have to sit there and think about what I'm doing this entire time you're listening in to me. But I appreciate it. All right, very special thanks to everybody again for checking out the Stoop Radio Show. We will talk to you Wednesday and have yourself one hell of a great night. Bye-bye.